Balake. Where is Balake at? No Balake here today. Yes, sir. My name is Blake. Blake? What? Do you want to go to war, Balaki? No. Because we could go to war. No. I'm for real. I'm for real. So you better check yourself. Official Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, episode seven. I'm Corey. Hey guys, this is Derek. Today we're going to be discussing uh, week one, Jaguars and Packers coming up here on Sunday. We're recording on Thursday night, and so we're just counting down the days for football season to kick off. Um, what do you have going on this week, Derek? Um, you know, right now, get a little uh, Panthers, uh, Broncos action going on behind me. Uh, I got Cam in the fantasy league, so hopefully he pans out and does well for me. You know, I'm sure he will. Uh, besides that, nothing else this weekend. Just hey, man, football. It's glad that you know college and kicked off. Now it's time for the big boys to get get kicked off, and I uh, can't wait for Sunday. I know the bank's gonna be ready. It's gonna be rocking. So definitely excited. Yeah, Florida State. Uh, lucky, lucky on that game. I think I don't know. Uh, we're, we're not puppies, man. We're dogs, man. We're dogs, <laughs> man. So that, that's just, that's all I'm gonna say about that. So we, we, yeah. we came back 33 nothing run in the game of football is crazy. Yep. And, uh, UNF football is still undefeated. So that's good. Um, so, uh, one note, I did order a really cool shirt that I'm going to put a link up in the description, uh, do of all things, which is based off of stranger things, the TV show, which again, if, if you haven't watched it, check it out. It's very good. Um, I wanted to ask you about Von Miller. I read an article he's re- wearing, I guess tonight, uh, Yeezy style cleats. And I guess that's the Kanye West brand of football cleats. Man, it's them the ugliest things. I, I, <laughs> I just, he should just wear some granddad shoes with the two Velcro straps. Why is he wearing them ugly, ugly cleats out there? You know, next topic, pass. I can't, Kanye West. Frustrates me anyway. He's annoying anyway. So I didn't even think that he made athletic shoes. I thought he was just all about like being artistic or whatever. No, he he, he had a couple shoes with Nike, and Nike didn't pay him like he thought he should be paid. So he went to Adidas, and so now he comes out with these Yeezys and Yeezy Boosts, and um, now he's got Yeezy cleats. Uh, before you know, he might have Yeezy bowling shoes. Who knows? Yeah. So down by the bank brought to you today by Yeezys, Yeezy Boost. They help you play better in basketball. Heck no, I ain't, <laughs> no. You couldn't pay me, no. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely accept that as a sponsor, though, regardless. I would. So, yeah, so Kanye West, if you're listening, and I know you are, um, sponsor us. Um, and then there was a piece on uh, Jason Myers that I thought was actually pretty good by Mike Jarocco on ESPN. Um, had some stats in there. That I didn't even realize, uh, 58 yard field goal last season was the second longest in team history. Um, and he actually had the franchise record. And this, maybe this is why Draco is so confident in him. 86.7% on his field goals, which was the franchise record. League high seven PATs missed, but at the same time, he had a higher rate on his regular field goals than his extra points. 
um, 86.7% to 82.1. So that in combination with the kickoffs being so good and, you know, fixing the, uh, the PAT issue, um, he should be okay. Probably he had detailed in that article about how Myers keeps a notebook. And so I guess he's had this long-term coach over the years, um, that's convinced him to keep a notebook where he takes notes after every single kick of how he's feeling and, and how it felt coming off his foot. And, um, this is all to say he missed those two field goals in the last game. So I don't know how much this matters, but it was a really interesting read. So I definitely think that, uh, people should uh, take a look at it and I'll, I'll link it up as well. I would be interested to see of the kicks that he missed, how many of them decided a game, how many of them were in crunch time. Yeah, so I think I read that um, he made two game winners, and then he missed two potential game winners against Indianapolis last year. So 50-50. Well, not just that. I mean, as far as field goals that were missed and extra points that were missed that ultimately decided the game at the end of the, at the, at the end oh. of everything. That's what I'm looking at. Because yeah. those are great stats, and you know, hopefully he does well. Uh, last thing we need when the coach is on the line to try and break in another kicker, but yeah. that's what I would be interested in when what kicks that affected the game. All kicks affect the game, but just as far as those, the the margin of victory. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting, kind of a behind the scenes thing, and it almost made me feel bad for like criticizing him. To be honest with you, so uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Now we're gonna get to what we've been waiting for. Week one is upon us. Uh, you see the title of the, the, the episode uh, for this for this uh, preview: A. A. Ron versus Balake. <laughs> Little K and Peel there, a K and Peel. Um, it just ends up happening that way. And get ready, Jags fans, because <laughs> what an intro! <laughs> we're gonna have some fun. <laughs> that was that was pretty uh informative intro there. <laughs> that K and Peel thing is pretty funny though. Is that even on TV anymore or no? No, they they went off the air. Their last season was two years ago, I wanna say. So first things first, let's take a look at the Packers offense led by Aaron Rodgers, who threw for thirty one touchdowns and eight interceptions in twenty fifteen. Um and most importantly he is my newly drafted starting quarterback in fantasy football. Hey, he'll get you some W's. He will definitely get you some W's. Um, yep. To start off, the receivers and the injuries definitely affected the passing attack for the Packers last year. Uh, last year was the first year since 2008 where they didn't pass for more than 200 first downs. I'll repeat that. So from 2009 to 2014 – in six years, they were able to pass for 200 first downs. And last year, they only passed for, I think it was 178. That That's big. So that's 30-something, you know, 20, 22 first downs, potentially 30-something first downs. If you look at their average that they were averaging over that span, that's big. That's really big. And now that right. Aaron Rodgers has his uh, healthy wide receiver quarterback, yeah, that's uh, – yeah, that makes you worry. That'll make a defensive co- coordinator. That'll make Walsh worry a little bit. So would you say that would that would be the major contributor to the decrease in production last year was the health issues at receiver? Yeah, yeah. Jordy Nelson, the number one, um, definitely affected. You know, uh, Randall Cobb was there, but Cobb dealt with a lot of injuries. Plus, Cobb's not the biggest guy in the world. So as far as the target is concerned, 
Um, it's tough. You know, Devontae Adams was uh, just coming on. And so he wasn't, you know, probably didn't have the full playbook in the grass of the, the route tree and the, uh, the depths of the routes that he had to run. You know, the Packers offense isn't simple. It's very complicated. So the, the Jags, you know, they have to be ready. Um, some, some keys here just as far as dealing with the, the Packers offense, uh, besides you know, the Packers receivers getting over injuries, they have to ex- expect the unexpected. What I mean by that is Aaron Rodgers was third on the team in rushing last year. Third Hmm. quarterback, which means he extends plays, which means he knows how to get out of the way. And, oh, by the way, he's got a cannon for an arm, and it's accurate. So they have to, oh, he's out of the pocket. Let me, you know, turn around. No, oh, the ball's coming. Oh, crap. You know, so expect the unexpected with him. Um Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, Jared Cook. He, he was a free agent pickup. That'll be your receiving core. Um, the, the, the offense that the Packers run is, is kind of just a, it's a, it's a pro style offense. Uh, nothing really, no fancy formations, but they know how to get after it. They run a lot of deep crossing routes, play actions, a lot of square ends, and they're going to try and get the linebackers and DBs out of position. They're, they're going to try and do some things to move certain players out of the way and just do what they want to do. So Right. Well, and like like we've been talking about, <clears throat> Talvin Smith, he's actually expected to start at weak side linebacker. We've talked about his struggles for weeks now. Uh, would you say Green Bay is going to really go after him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. He's going to have a target on him. I hate to say it. I want to see him do well. I really do. Hopefully he's able to address whatever it is he was doing and, and get ready to play. And I know he's, he's going to be ready to play. He's going to go out there and compete hard. But what's on tape is what's on tape. And the Packers see that, they know that, and they're going to try and exploit it. So we, he has to be ready. And side note, I was reading through your notes. You mentioned um, Jared Cook as their you know free agent pickup. I actually found a really interesting um, fun fact today. And that he and two other players on Green Bay's 53-man roster are the only three players on the entire roster who were not acquired by Green Bay originally. So it's only 6% of their total 53-man roster. Um, and on the contrary, I checked it out when it comes to the Jaguars' 53-man roster. I just pasted it into Excel and just looked at it. Um, as of uh, September 8th today, 42% were not acquired by the Jaguars originally. So... I don't know. I, I, GM for Packers, I think, is Ted Thompson. That's like really impressive. Um, well, so when the whole town owns the team and they probably know where he lives, he can't. He doesn't have much room for error. Okay, that's what that means. And for those that don't know, the the, the team of Green Bay, they have a team president, they have a GM, but the team is owned by the actual town and the citizens. And uh, I'm not sure exactly the structure of it, but I, I know that's the accurate as far as the ownership. So they don't have like a shod con like we do. So, right. Um, but yeah, they've done a great job in drafting and, and, and research and scouting. And so they, they, they're doing something right because they have a Super Bowl and they go to the playoffs every year. So yeah, 6% is just ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, especially when you, I would assume the Jaguars would have been a lot more homegrown. Uh, 42% actually kind of surprised me, well, uh, to be honest with you. Well, some of that was remembered. They had to flip the roster over and you can only flip it over with so many drafts. Now, granted, they've had yeah. how many drafts now under Gus Bradley? Four? 
Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So eh, four times seven was twenty-eight. You might have another couple of players, so that's thirty. You know, some of the players we had, they had to get rid of. You know, they were that bad. So mm-hmm. you're gonna see that. I'd be interested to see if you know Gus and does make it this year, and the Jags finish with a winning record or five hundred record. Ask that same question in you know four or five years if he's still the coach of this team. What if that percentage goes down or not because they're able to draft uh, players instead of requiring free agents. Right, and I think next week uh, I'm gonna do a calculation on the percentage of Jags players that are wearing. Kanye West Yeezy cleats down by the bank sponsor. We're going to go on to the next topic here, which is the, the Packers rushing attack. I can't take any more of this Yeezy stuff. Um, but yeah, so with, with Packers offense, as dangerous as Aaron Rodgers is, they also run the ball very effectively. Uh, Eddie Lacy is not overweight anymore. He definitely lost a, a little bit of weight, actually a good bit. He came into camp in shape. James Starks is a very good third down back. So they're going to be ready. They're going to be ready to play. And it's not going to be, we, we got to be ready. We got to be stout. We got to watch the weak side. You know, Fowler on that end, he's only 250, 260. Kelvin on that same end. Trust me, the Packers know this. They're going to try and go on that side. They're, they're, they're just going to do what they want to do at all times. And we have to be ready to stop it. Yeah, and so the, and you gotta imagine, um, I would imagine anyway, the rushing attack with the receiver core being back is only gonna get, get better for Green Bay, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's only gonna get better. Um, a lot of, a lot of play action is what kinda is the, is the concern, um, with, with that rushing attack, that and on third and short, Eddie Lacey, he's a big guy. We all know him for being down here in the South when he played for Alabama. Uh, his, his last year there, he could not be stopped. Uh, and it kind of translated to the NFL. I think he had back to back thousand yard seasons first two years. I think he kind of slumped a little bit because of the weight, but that weight's gone. So we might see the old Eddie Lacey again. So, but we'll, right. we'll be ready. We, we definitely have the personnel. We have the defensive line. We have the quick linebackers. They just have to do it together as a unit and, and, and pose putting them in the right position. They can definitely be stout and, and, and stop that running attack. Yeah, and if you anybody, um, I don't think it was online, but I read. I think it was Ryan O'Halloran had detailed um, Dave Caldwell's. Um, it wasn't a press conference, but it was kind of just a sit down, I guess, with the media. Um, and he had mentioned that, and basically just praised Puzlesny as being a guy that is elite still. And so um, I can't speak to his, you know, being an expert on his talent level. But I guess what you said, him being able to call the plays and, and the football intelligent aspect of it, Caldwell just praised him tremendously. Cause if you follow like Jaguars Twitter and not that it matters, but they, you know, they've been pretty hard on, on Puzz. So, uh, but I guess Caldwell is trying to deflect a lot of that negativity and say that, Hey, Miles Jack, I guess is going to be his eventual replacement, you know, down the road. But right now Puzz can still play. He can make the calls. He can still play. Yes, third down. He, he he had some. He got beat on some passing plays. Definitely teams exploited that. But also, you got to remember, we didn't have much of safeties at all last year yeah. either to back him yeah. up with that. So now that we do, that will be something that we're able to cover. Remember, the game of football is teams are going to find weaknesses and exploit it. We're going to get to the Packers' weakness in a second, which is plays into our hands. But that's that's the whole name of the game. Find the chump and go after him. 
right. and that's what they that's what they they tried to do. Puz is not a chump, but he definitely is kind of limited in pass coverage, so sure. they exploited it. So at the end of the day, that that's important that he can still you know get around, move, stop the run, which is really big, uh, help out on run defense, and he can make tackles. But the biggest pieces, and this is what a lot of people don't understand, is you have to be in position to make plays. You have to be able to audible. There's a lot that goes down from the ref- time the referee spots that ball to before it's hiked. There's a lot of shouting and yelling, and and that's a whole foreign language, and he understands just about every bit of it. So we need that. Right, and then the last thing on the Packers offense, which is just kind of a – not really a side note because when Josh Sitton, who was their um, – I guess when they're starting offensive lineman was recently let go. Um, you know, all the Jags fans and, and everybody really wanted us to pick him up. Well, he signed with the Bears, um, but he had the most snaps of any offensive lineman on their team last year. So of things to exploit, I'd have to imagine, you know, based on his talent level and, um, you know, the, the amount of, you know, plays he's been involved with over the years, they're, they're, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming the guy that's taking his place is not as good as him, and so that would probably be an area that we would target with our pass rush, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, not only just as good as him individually, but offensive line is all about chemistry. What we've been so worried about, Beecham and Jokel, chemistry. It's a team. They're, they are a tandem of five guys, and it's really uh, – it's really – that was Kanye West. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you, really have to, deal. you really have to have that, you know, cohesiveness as a unit in the offensive line to get things done. Pick up blitzes, understand shifts, scan left or right, you know, make the calls. If you see the blitz coming, there's so many different things. And, mm-hmm. you know, they got uh, someone that's, you know, first year with them. Uh, apparently the sitting deal was all over money because it was the last year of his contract. So, yeah, you know, hey, that's their loss and hopefully our gain if we're able to get some pressure on on Rodgers on Sunday. It's not if when we get pressure because we have to to win the game. Right, and while I'm with Ted Thompson's record of drafting, like we just talked about, you know, probably won't be much of a problem for them to go ahead and you know get a replacement in uh, next year. But um, kind of shifting gears to the Packers defense. Um, you know, first things first, Packers defense was noticeably weak against rushing quarterbacks. Uh, I noticed this in the Football Outsiders uh, 2016 Almanac, um, which is great. Definitely recommend picking that up. I would have to imagine this is something the Jags will try to exploit, speaking of exploiting, in a mobile quarterback like Blake Bortles. Um, just a little tidbit I found in there. But tell us a little bit about the Packers defensive scheme and their most notable players to, to kind of watch out for. Yeah. Packers run a 3-4 scheme, uh, three down linemen, four linebackers, for those that don't know. Um, Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers are your two outside linebackers. Clay Matthews is the one that you got to look out for, uh, especially coming off the edge. Um, you know, Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, and yes, his name is Ha-Ha. You know, us football fans have known him for a while, but he, great name. safety out of Alabama. Uh, he's uh, starting safety, and he led the team in tackles. Eh, it's not the best thing in the world for safety to lead a team in tackle, but, you know, oh well. And the team had 16 picks last year, 16 interceptions. The defense is definitely the weaker part of the team. They can really get after the quarterback and force sacks. They do know how to do that, but that's pretty much it. So 
where that plays into our strength and what I mentioned earlier is our passing attack, Jack's passing attack. That's our strength. So we have to get down the field and get vertical. Right. You know, take deep shots um, down the field. And they're going to be ready for that. The Packers know that. And that's and when they adjust and they're ready for that, then that's when Chris Ivory and Yeldon will come into play and they'll be able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. But we can't get in any third and long situations. If we're in third and long, that's a problem because Clay Matthews is not something to, to, to uh, ignore. Uh, we have to be ready for that. He'll probably line up on the left side, on Beecham's side. Uh, they're definitely probably going to try and go at that side to – where him and Jokel are just because there's no, you know, they haven't played together but 15 or 20 snaps during the preseason. So, um, but yeah, we definitely can do that. And with the safety being the leading tackler, that also tells tells me they're not really all that great at stopping the run either. So we mm-hmm. should be able to run the ball. We need to run the ball, and that'll that'll play in in into our favor. Uh, that'll also help us win the time of possession, which I want to say, uh, I heard a quote, I think it was off of Tim 10 that we haven't won the time of possession in a game in a few years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it, it, that's concerning. Yeah. That's, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. So, uh, for everyone that, you know, says, Hey, well, we got to pass a set up to run. You know, um, if that's the case, how come we didn't win more ball games last year, and how come we couldn't run the ball that effectively? So yeah. we have to we have to be balanced at both. So with that, it, you know, the keys to to, to victory uh, are win the time of possession and keep Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense off the field. Uh, exploit the Packers' weak secondary and play assignment football. Uh, Rodgers is not going to miss an opportunity if a DB or a linebacker gets out of position. He's going to see that and he's going to go for, you know, they're going to, they're going to make plays. So mm. he won't miss. If there's one that he does miss, that's going to be few and far between. So we have to be ready and we, they have to play assignment football and they have to work together as a unit to be successful. So, who's winning, Packers or Jaguars? Week one. Well, I'm going teal and black all the way, man. Although we're wearing whites, wearing whites because it's going to be hot out there. I told you, first <laughs> podcast or second podcast, we were going to wear all whites. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I have to say the same. And uh, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see how the uh, the crowd plays out. Like, what you know, percentage of Packers fans to Jaguars fans? Because I've heard there's a lot of Packers fans coming. Let them come with their cheese heads and green jerseys. And let them come. And when it's all said and done, there'll be grilled cheese. Okay? So, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it's going to be hot outside and they're going to be hot because uh, they just lost. So there, I, I said it. I'm, that's my prediction. You wrote that grilled cheese thing a couple days ago. No, I didn't. Re- I didn't. Ra- I just thought of that, so don't even. <laughs> yeah. no, no, I didn't right. write that. I have to check your notes. I think I don't know. Um, no, that's funny, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I will tell you. I wish because um, I don't know if you've seen. Like, there's people selling tickets for like like seven times face value or something. So I wish I had a a couple and I could use like pay for my uh, daughter's tuition or something. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so. Kind of one thing I wanted to do that I've seen a lot of other sports podcasts do that I think is kind of fun is just, you know, kind of some predictions that we can come back to um, when we do like a mid-season podcast, maybe around the bye week and then at the end of the year. Um, so if you were to say right now before week one, before, you know, just seeing preseason, just seeing training camp, what would you say 
our team record will be at the end of the year. At the end of the year, going nine and seven. I will say I'm probably gonna say seven and nine. Okay. I just feel like it's it's I wanna be optimistic, but for some reason I'm still feeling like we're just gonna kinda go back and forth with win wins and losses. I think all the games will be closed, but for some reason I I feel like every year I get super optimistic about a winning record, it just comes back to bite me. So I think it'll show improvement, but I don't think it'll be anything dramatic. Um, how about the AFC South? Do you see the uh, Jags taking the AFC South, or what are you thinking? People understand Corey's making me answer this question. So uh, I told he asked me this before we started, and I said, I can't say that, but I do know that the Colts will not win it. And not only do the Colts not, will not win it, I think the Colts may finish dead last in the division. I know uh, that's a big one, and people are saying he's nuts. They got Andrew Luck. That's the problem. That's just all they have. They can't do anything else. So we'll get into that later if anyone wants to ever talk about that on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. But uh since I got to answer it, I'm going to say the Texans are going to win it, uh, the division. Um, if the Osweiler, you know, really gels with that receiving core and it doesn't matter who they put back there at running back. They have a great offensive line. So, and they have one of the more dominant receivers in football in DeAndre Hopkins. And then we know what JJ Watt and their defense can do. You know, they're, they're going to be somebody we have to really, you know, look at as far as the division race. Okay. Well, and I wanted to say the Jaguars, but I guess it was my team record prediction. <laughs> that would be the worst division ever if I pick them no. at seven and nine. No, the, the, oh, uh, no? <laughs> the, Panth- the Panthers won the division seven and nine two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, so. uh, hmm, maybe. Okay. Seven and nine. Jaguars win the division. So, so I, I wanted to lean Titans because for some reason I think, um, is it uh, DeMarco Murray, right? He's their starting running back right they now. They have DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like their offense is going to be good, like really good. I feel like Murray's going to no, play. No, they're, really they're going to be a good team. So that those are, we basically have four games inside a division that are going to be tough. I don't know Indianapolis just because their defense is just very bad. So we should be able to beat them. Although they do have Andrew Luck, it's just it's not good. Um, you saw what happened last year. He ended up getting hurt because they couldn't even protect him, and their defense was bad. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. And plus, I mean, you can't count out Mike Malarkey, you know, one of the greatest coaches uh, in the NFL. So, um, (laughs) uh, so how about team MVP? Like who would you say is going to be our best player and why? Team MVP. Team MVP. Hmm. We'll go ahead and go with Bortles because he's a leader. Um, he definitely does not, you know, give up. He, he, he definitely fights. You know, there are a lot of games last year where we were down and all of a sudden they started slinging the ball over the field and they were, you know, coming back. So I'm, I'm going with Bortles. Okay. I'm going to say that Dante Fowler leads, creates our resurgence and pass rush and has 10 plus sacks this year and has a huge season. If he has 10 plus sacks, then your team prediction is wrong and mine will be right. 
yeah, I guess maybe I should say uh, Nortman's going to have a really good punting year or something. That might align better with my You're starting record. to sink down there with your easy comments again. <laughs> yeah. How about okay? Last one, breakout player. Like, who would you say uh, is going to be like the breakout player? Maybe somebody who's new or struggled before. Breakout player, man. That's a, that's a, that's a tough one. Because I was going to think uh, honestly, just because he's healthy now, I was going to say Marquise Lee. Like, uh, I don't know. I could see him doing really well this year. Yeah, yeah. He could he could definitely be a breakout player. I was trying to see if there was one on the defense that that would stick out. Um, that could have a, a, a breakout season and, and do well for us. Um, you know, I'll go on the limb and say maybe Jonathan Cyprian finally that, you know, so he doesn't have to pass cover as much. He'll be down in the box where he likes to be trying to hit someone. So I'll say Cyprian, yeah. maybe Cyprian will have a, a, de- a decent year and, and, uh, cause some fumbles, wreak some havoc, knock some, you know, clang some pads and, and yeah. cause some fumbles. I, I just, I don't know, you know, but I'll I'll go with him. I know that's a very big long shot, but he he's he's running out of time, so he's got to perform. Yeah, well, I was gonna say this is probably his last season to really hang on, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. That's a good one, though. I like that one. Okay, so I'm gonna save all these. We will come back to these mid-season, and then hopefully at the end of the year. Um, I really hope your team record predictions, the one that wins, honestly. But um, either way, it uh, should be a fun season. Uh, definitely ready for week one. Um, any final thoughts on the game? Hey, we got to get after it. We got to do work. They're going to be ready. We're going to have the big crowd. You know, Some of them will be cheeseheads. Um, but we'll, we're, we're going to win, I think. Uh, it's going to be close. And, you know, obviously this is just my opinion, but we just have to be ready to play. Hopefully it's not 31 or 35 to 10 midway through the second quarter. Um, because we've, we've, uh, mentally, you know, checked out of the game, but more than likely what they're going to try and do is jump on us quickly. Yeah. If we can survive the first, the first quarter, I think we'll, we'll, we'll be okay. And, and I say this like they're just the most dominant team in the league and they're not, you know, but they're, they're really good and they played together for a while. So right. we just have to be ready and play and play the ball that the talent that's on there on paper and turn that into playing on the field and chemistry right. on the field. Well, and I'll say in my final uh, comment on the game, uh, Pete Prisco had, said yesterday, or maybe it was on uh, Jaguars Monday, their their radio show, he predicts the Packers to go 15-1, and one, and their one loss is against the Jaguars in week one. So, I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting. A lot of teams have the Packers going to the Super Bowl, um, you know, NFC teams, and I don't know why they think that Carolina is just going to, you know, fold and, and uh, not – you know, play well and their defenses and, you know, just cause they lost Josh Norman, it's, they're, they're still going to be there. So will the Packers make the playoffs? Yes. Will they, you know, go to the Super Bowl? I don't think so. And will they lose to the Jags on Sunday? Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, by the way, Panthers, Cam Newton, those stupid hats he's been wearing. Mm-hmm. You seen those? Yeah. Yeah, they, they're, you can't have a leader wearing hats like that. Yeah. So I think they're, they're not going to do anything, uh, but so yeah, that's, that's in-depth football, uh, commentary. That goes, that goes into your, the Yeezy box right there. Cam, <laughs> yeah, Cam, right. Cam Newton's hats go into the Yeezy cleat box. They need to get rid yeah. of those. 
Those hats look like they were designed by Kanye West. So, um, all right. So this has been episode seven, AA <laughs> Ron versus Balake <laughs> of Down by the Bank. Um, thanks for listening again. And please like us on Facebook and Twitter at Down by the Bank, one word to see when new episodes are out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud and please rate and review us on iTunes as well. I appreciate it, guys. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. Now, A.A. Ron, where are you? Where is A.A. Ron right now? No A.A. Ron, huh? Well, you better be sick, dead, or mute, A.A. Ron. Here. Oh, man. Why didn't you answer me the first time I said it, huh? Huh? I'm just, you know, I'm just asking, you know, I said it like four times, so why didn't you say it the first time I said A-A-Ron? Because it's pronounced Aaron? Son of a- Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.